Good morning and welcome to Rochester Today. It's the time of the month where we talk to the sheriff. Monday morning with Sheriff Kevin Torgerson. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Happy Monday. <laughs> They're all happy. They are. You know, it's a fresh <laughs> week. Everybody hopefully had a somewhat relaxing, you know, weekend and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, <clears throat> good stuff. Well, speaking of relaxing, I... I, I <laughs> I did not hear any news items stemming from the county fair that wrapped up a week or so ago, other than <laughs> other than the news stories about people having fun. Well, I wouldn't say it was relaxing. It was, <laughs> it was still a lot of work, but it was good work, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it was it was it was hot. It was all all the ingredients that you would want in a county fair. I mean, it was. I don't know what the numbers are. We'll wait to hear from the fair board. They usually meet sometime later this month. I forget when they meet, but it shouldn't be too long. And then they'll put out their final figures and stuff because they like to release it, I think, at their board meeting to their board members on how it all turned out. But, uh, yeah, numbers-wise, I think the vendors, certainly the food vendors, should be happy. Um you know, and it was just well attended, a lot of great exhibits, uh, you know, just people everywhere. The grandstand events, um, I think, did fairly well. We'll have to wait and hear what those numbers are like. But I was there uh, and I went over and watched a little bit of the, the rodeo and that was a big crowd and they were having a blast. And I left after the, the mutton busting uh event which is always just a hit those poor little kids and they hang on for dear life and it's so fun um but anyway yeah i it was it was really good we had some great collaboration and teamwork that went in uh you know from uh, the week after it was over last year we started going okay we can we can do differently and and we can talk about things that we did differently certainly well you uh obviously had more officers more deputies yep yeah that was we can start with that yeah we had more deputies there right from the get-go um typically you know our rides don't start until i think it's tuesday night um generally or i mean or monday night um so the first night and first day is just a lot still a lot of setup uh, exhibits are arriving and being placed and judging hasn't begun so there's not that part of it as far as the the, certainly the 4-H exhibits and those things. Um, so the first day is usually a little less. So we had fewer deputies there that night, but more than we did last year. And then each night throughout the week, uh, again, a little bit based on what was in the grandstand, um, because it's just more people. Obviously, we knew the attendance would be up with some of the events in the grandstand. And then uh, uh, it just kept building throughout the week. And uh, we kept building uh you know, having more deputies there. I think we had on Friday and Saturday night, I think there was 18 deputies or 18 or 20 deputies there um, working in teams of two. Um, and then uh, uh, we had the CERT uh, people, the community emergency or community engagement response team. I'm sorry if they're going to kick me now because I always forget <laughs> what that is. But CERT. The folks in the red shirts. C-A-R-T, and they did a masterful job. They were so good at engaging kids and monitoring kids, especially that, um, you know, middle school to high school and even some young adults who might, you know, mix in with those people. Um, and when they would 
see them gathering and not really doing anything, buying tickets or going in, they would connect with them and say, hey, can we help you out? What you looking for? You know, we're not here to to just, uh, you know, get in people's way and stuff. And you need to be actively doing something. So they were doing just a masterful job. And unfortunately, I'd love to be able to say that, you know, our deputies were doing the same thing. But generally, when our deputies go up to some some of these kids, there's still the you know the respect issue and a trust issue that you know we just have to keep working on to keep building. Um, so those kind of things, like hey kids, you know you got to move along, you need to calm down, don't run, you know that, that kind of stuff, um, really came a lot. That message was being delivered a lot better um, by the CERT team, and they did a great job. And, and our deputies. Um, you know, we didn't really know because we don't work with the CERT team um, on a day-to-day basis. It's mostly Rochester PD that does that with their downtown events and some of their other things that they have. So um, they were willing and uh, supported, um, I think, by mail as well as the city to be there. And, man, they did a, just a masterful job. It was it really turned out really well um, throughout. So just great collaboration there. And you mentioned that the interaction between the deputies and the younger ones was a bit more strained. Did you, not you personally, but did the fair send them out with what some tickets and things they could hand out? Oh, uh, we to? did. I, I don't have the numbers yet. I've been. We we got to get that ready, and maybe uh, I can I can get that to you afterwards. Here, um, I don't remember. We when I was there on Friday night, I went through the list and and. Actually, it was just the sheets. I think there had been by Friday night, there had really only been, I want to say it was like five kids or people that had been trespassed. So I wouldn't even say that they're all kids. They may be some adults. And that's that's just in my own recollection and without any facts and figures uh, to give you, that's that's way down. Um, you know, we and we were trespassing kids in past years, uh, generally kids. And not even being able to get their name and identification, just tell them you're you're gone and get out of here. And, <laughs> you know, go and go home, and and then they would put a, you know, deputies might put a picture up of them if they took a picture of them to show to other deputies that they were they were uh, trespassed or they were told not to leave and they took off running or whatever, or at least some kind of description that was passed on from shift to shift. Um, but this year, man, it was. Uh, it was just so much better because we just engaged them, both deputies and cert people and RPD had some people there on, I think most nights they might've had a, a you know, two or three people there. Um, so they were there assisting as well in that manner. And, and it was just simply that our message was engaging them, um, you know, see if you can help them. Kind of like how you get when you get to a lot of stores um, you know, Shields does a great job of it and Walmart, you know, you got the greeters and that and just being there and you see people that don't seem to be having a real purpose other than kind of shucking and, you know, kind of shaking bacon or whatever you want to call it. Um, then we were approaching them and going, hey, can we help you? What are you looking for? Are you, you, know, are you waiting for somebody? What's going on? We, you know, we want you to have a good time. And we we're just trying to present it in that way. And sure, I, it worked. I really believe it worked. And so I think we've found a combination. And I've heard co- good comments from a lot of people um, as well. And, uh, you know, the fair board 
has made some uh, comments also to county board members. County Commissioner uh, Cascaden made some comments in the board meeting on Tuesday that was very complimentary of our office and and the CERT team and the Fair Board and uh, messages that she had gotten from Fair Board members already um, on how well they thought it went. So well, I know it's a good um, year when I don't have to write any news stories about yeah bad bad things happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it. Again, it it really went very very well. I mean, you, well, you can't pack a you can't pack that many people into a small space like that. Sure. On hot in hot weather and under those circumstances, and not have a few challenges. Um, but outside of that, man, it was uh, it worked out really well. So, with having the extra staffing there from your department. Mm-hmm. Does that put a strain on you guys for staffing requirements for um, the other well, duties? We just, we just, you know, we 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 do that. We 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 tell everyone you all got to work, and we're not going to lean on the same few people every day to have to be out there because we just can't do that. So we had detectives in uniform, making sure their uniforms still fit, and uh, we we had everybody, uh, you know, all hands on deck and. Uh, um, so I wouldn't say it necessarily was a strain. I mean, the county uh, a few years ago, was it two or three years ago, made the agreement with the fair board that they would sponsor the deputies in the sense that of the overtime um, because they felt it was in their best interest being at Graham Park and, and you know, having a, nice, a good event there is in the county's interest as much as it is the fair board's interest because they are separate entities. The fair board does is a completely separate entity they don't um they're not supported monetarily or in any kind of way shape or form specifically by the county the county they're completely separate groups and but the county board felt a few years ago that it was in their best interest as well with grand park and the development they want to do out there to uh support the fair board and if they've met if that meant that the fair board would be um, alleviated of the expense of the deputies and the overtime out there, and that would allow them to do more with their money to make it a better event, then that's what the county board felt was the thing to do. So, All right. um, you know, as far as strain, you know, other than it gets to be a long day and you're on your feet and stuff like that, and it's hot and sweaty, but that's what we do. We want to make it a safe event for everyone. And, uh, yeah, well, hats off to everybody involved because... Yeah. Seemed like it really went well this year. We have to take a break, Kevin. All right. We'll return with more with Sheriff Kevin Torgerson this morning on Rochester Today at Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today. Andy Brownell along with Sheriff Kevin Torgerson on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Uh, Sheriff, you and other law enforcement agencies, State Patrol, obviously, just recently wrapped up another big enforcement campaign. Yeah. Targeting speeders, right? Mm-hmm. We sure well, did. I bet you didn't have a hard time finding them. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wish we could say uh, we did, but uh, unfortunately, no. And these are, I got some statistics for you. Um, and these are just from our office. I don't have Rochester Police Departments to really kind of give you a cat or the state patrols to get, give you a good view of what Olmsted County looked like. But our office, so the, the 
each part of this towards zero death, and that's the the title says what we're looking for. We'd love to get to the point where there's no deaths on our highways in Minnesota, and I just uh, you know, pulled that up. And as of as of uh, today, um, 2022, there are 224 deaths across our state, compared to 257 last year. Um, and last that's a year positive was, direction then. Yeah, so we're. We're, we're, we're better, but I still look at that and I go 224 families have lost lives this year that were unexpected and in most cases preventable, completely yeah. preventable. I mean, once in a while, weather plays a factor in these things, whether it's snow or ice that, you know, man, it just, it's just, you know, tough to take. But 224 families uh, last year total 488, so more than double where we were last year. Um, you know, I just, it's, it's that, that's what, when I, I think of it that way and put it in that perspective about families and lives and kids who aren't in school and families and that don't have a mom or a dad or brother, sister, or son or daughter. I mean, you go, wow. And it's so preventable, but yeah. so our job, because we are law enforcement, we're going to enforce those laws and, you know, um, that's takes an extra effort and we can't, we do traffic enforcement when we're on duty. Um, our deputies have not shied away from that, and I encourage them to not shy away that you will enforce all laws that are related to traffic, um, everything from, you know, uh, expired tabs to, uh, you know, headlights or equipment violations, whatever it is. Um, we're out there to help people be safe, and that's the bottom line. And, uh, people don't like the law, they can change it up in St. Paul, but until it's changed and it's not on the books, we're, we're going to continue enforcing them. And that's that's been the message uh, we've been sending out um, consistently. So, and I don't have any numbers to stack this up against the comparables to previous years or other okay. months. But the July wave of July 1st to July 31st, our deputies wrote 196 speeding citations, and that is a lot. It I is a tell lot. you, I don't have the comparisons, like I said. Um, but uh, I did do well. I do have one. Compared to last year, we wrote 96, so more than 100 more than last year. So whether, and I can't say that we we did more work on it or we did more hours in that work because what it does is doing traffic, it's hard work. It's, it's exhausting work because during the towards zero death, we can't put out quotas and say you have to do, um, you have to write this many tickets. Uh, what they say is we we want at least an average of your office of two traffic stops per hour. And when you think about that, you go, well, that's easy. Yeah, it can be. But if 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 it's a, a little bit of a rainy day or, you know, something's, you know, whatever, what time of day it is, you may not be able to get that. And And then if you are doing that, I mean, you're in and out of the car, you're, you know, there's always that risk of, you know, you're on the highway, whichever highway, you have those things to worry about. You've got the occupants of the vehicle concerned with, whether it's day or night shift or whatever. Um, there's just all these other factors that, you know, you really have to be thinking of when you're out there as that deputy or officer doing that. But 196 traffic citations, there was 271 stops. Um, which uh, when you look at that, you know, there's still a lot of people that got warnings and, and or, you know, some other kind of of discussion with the deputy as to what they were doing, but mostly related to traffic. And here's the here's uh, three situations. Actually, there'll be four. 
Okay. That, uh, just you just got to shake your head. Um, and we talked, I think off air, we talked about some of the other roads around the county, um, divided roads. But on East Circle Drive, we had a fatality out there this, earlier this year. It was yeah, we a did. tragic event. Um, you know, a person driving way too fast, lost control, went through the median and crashed into a, a victim vehicle and, and killed a young lady. That's just, you know, tragic. Um, but here we go. But East Circle Drive, I don't know exactly where, but generally we see most of the speed challenges between Viola Road and College View Road. So that sure. downhill or uphill stretch there where it's the longest unimpeded stretch without a stoplight or something or, or a lot of traffic coming and going from side roads going 105 miles an hour oh my gosh on, on a motorcycle 105 miles an hour it's a 55 zone uh, and that was a 50 year old male riding a motorcycle um then the second one um again you just you know some of the excuses and i used to joke with um the boys back in the day when I was doing Dare on the Air, we used to have kind of it was kind of a joke, but it was also serious about the top ten reasons people give you for why yeah. they were speeding. Well, here's one. This is you know there was always well I'm working on my vehicle was one that was always in the top ten. Guy going a, 111 miles an hour. I don't know the road. Uh, it's an 18 year old male, and he had just put in a new clutch. And he was trying to make sure he got through all the gears and wasn't paying attention to how fast he was going um, and was still trying to reach his top gear. Oh, Jeopardy engaged him. So, uh, again, that's a reason well, I'm just working on my vehicle. No, it's not. It's 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 stupid. And I'm sorry. It's just you dumb. could run through all four or five <laughs> gears well below 100. Oh, yeah. An hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you're probably going to fry your engine, too, at the same time, you knucklehead, if you're not shifting appropriately <laughs> <laughs> in any mechanic. In any well, you, yeah, if you any may have got of... your clutch, you may have fixed your clutch, but you just yeah. busted all the seals in the transmission. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. Whatever. I mean, it's just 111 miles an hour, 55 zone. And then we get to the, the, the next one again. And I'm telling you, know, we, we, you hear us, you t- hear us talking about it. You hear other organizations, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, and everybody talking about these kind of things. And the laws have changed. So here we have a 24-year-old male showing off to his four teenaged passengers. He's driving an old Ford SUV squad car. So it's an expedition. Um, I'm sorry, an explorer. Yeah, explorer. Top Style. heavy. Yeah, a little heavy, but still, yeah, top heavy too. And I mean, no matter what, any SUV, they're a higher profile vehicle. So an old Ford squad car, SUV style squad car, 130 miles an hour. Oh my God. 55 zone. 130. And our deputy was able to stop him. And then the, they get and the uh, get the stuck vehicle stopped. And the deputy's talking to the passengers who, if I was a kid in that car at that point, I'd be wanting, you know, deputy, take me home. Yeah, let me out <laughs> I don't want to be with that. And that's kind of the response that they got. The kids all said that they were scared of his driving. And I'm going, well, at least there's some common sense in that vehicle. 
And then the passengers said, well, actually, before you got him, deputy, he was going 140 in an old SUV squad car. And keep in mind, when we get rid of these cars, they're usually in pretty good shape when we sell them on the open market. Well, they've been maintained well, but they're still tired. They're still tired. They've been, they're, they're beat up vehicles. They've bounced over, who knows, if it's a county vehicle, we go through plowed fields and back field drives and, you know, who knows what that car has been in. Unbelievable. Uh, you just, I mean, you, you shake your head, you just kind of, yeah. what do you do? Where, where in the world, wherever can you justify something like that? 130 miles an hour. And I was talking to our towards zero death coordinator before this and and she said and again this is one of these things you're never proud of but right now that is during this wave and that so it'll come out most likely once all these numbers are compiled so they see the stops statewide so you guys will get it through the news feeds and stuff and uh, right now that is the the highest speed this year during the, the speed oh, really? in the state of minnesota and you think about some of the highways around the state where it's really wide open interstates and stuff to say that here in Olmsted County where we don't have a lot of really wide open roads. No. Without We're some pretty, level of pretty congested around here. Yeah. It's and getting more so um, to have somebody. My good, and I, that, none of these reports tell me, I mean, I don't have, I'm not looking at the reports. I'm just looking at a narrative. Yeah. None of the narratives talk about what time of day it was or like these, these, these last two, the 111, 130, um, what the location was. So I, I can't tell you that, but um, again, it just doesn't make any sense. And then the last piece of it, we had one of our deputies who, uh, again, I, we we allow them to sign up for whatever you can do. So some of them sign up almost every, every time that they don't have it, that they're not scheduled to work. They do this on their off time. So it's overtime again. Um, so one deputy uh, and three uh, different shifts that he work, uh, worked, he, he not only got, uh, did really well in, in traffic enforcement in general, but he also uh, took three people to jail off of these traffic stops. Uh, one for a warrant, one for uh, locating some, uh, oh, another person with a warrant and also some drugs in the vehicle and on the suspect driver and then the third one for someone who's what we called canceled ips um what that means is the judge the court in the state of minnesota has deemed this person to be such a terrible driver okay and a risk to public safety that they are then uh can't their license is canceled inimical to public safety Meaning i've seen that on the sheets they should never have a driver's license Oh, um, and this guy is out there driving again without a driver's license and very likely speeding of some level. And then another deputy also got a DUI, but this is notable. Um, the DUI was a 31-year-old female, so not a very old young lady. I would say she's a young lady and in very, you know, who knows what capacity she's working or living in our community. This was her third DUI in two months. Two months? Yeah. yeah the poor young lady's got some challenges. So, th- so yeah, three DUIs in three months. So the two previous months she'd gotten a DUI and, um, well, I just hope she gets some help because, uh, thankfully, to my knowledge, she hasn't hurt or killed anybody yet. And, uh, 
My goodness, I hope that when she gets to court and the judge sees that and the county attorney sees that, that they uh, they really put a stop to it and uh, force some treatment or some kind of additional support on wow. it. So, you know, that's what that's the other side of this with traffic. When I worked traffic, I, I, I love doing it. It was always, you know, a new day and, you know, I'm out there trying to make make our community better and. Um, you know, you make one traffic stop and then you find other challenges involved in it. And, you know, again, it's about trying to help people get their lives straightened out and, and do the right thing. So um, anyway, that uh, the July wave, I tell you. Um, busy, busy, busy is what that busy, is. Busy, busy. All the different events that are going on throughout July and our deputies are out there doing everything they can to on their own time, taking out their own time, getting paid overtime for it, so they're getting compensated, but yet uh, willing to donate their own time on their off days to not spend it at the lake or go somewhere else. Um, they're spending their off time to try to make our community safer through traffic enforcement. So, All right, Sheriff, we do have um, to take a break. Um, all righty. We'll run, take a break for news, and come back in just a few more moments with Sheriff Kevin Torgerson on Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM. And 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today, Monday morning. I'm Andy Brownell, along with Sheriff Kevin Corgerson on Newstock 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Kevin, last uh, last time we talked, since then, um, <laughs> I don't know how to describe this, but lo and behold, um, there are retailers all over town selling edibles, I guess, gummies. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, that contain the active ingredient of uh, marijuana, THC. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, I, I guess I don't, you know, did this catch you by surprise? Like it did yeah, uh, myself? Absolutely. I was uh, initially quite speechless and I've been very outspoken. I mean, I'm, I was a dare teacher and, and uh, I did, did that for 12 years. And, you know, we've got people nowadays saying that, Marijuana is not a gateway drug. It's not something that is a place where people start. But, um, you know, in my opinion, they're talking on both sides of their mouth. On one end, it's being minimized so that it that it's saying that it's harmless, it's safe to use and all of that. But yet so that means then that it's it's OK in that sense. It's it's safer it's less addicting and all of these things they're saying, but yet um, it still is addicting. It still has all the things that we've been saying all along. And we do know that it leads to other things because people tell us that you go to, you go to recovery is happening here in town or any other treatment centers, um, Minnesota adult and teen challenge. You'll have all kinds of people just to, you know, what was your, one of your first drugs you used and there'll be either alcohol or marijuana. It's almost every time. Um, people don't start on heroin. They don't start on, I mean, there are some that now are starting on meth. We've got that challenge too, but generally that's not where they start. And now through this law, that's just the weirdest law I have ever seen. And to pass a law that restricts the amount of THC in this sense, THC that's supposed to be derived from a hemp plant, not a marijuana plant. They're different in the marijuana Pro-marijuana people will tell you will tell you that, that, well, there's a difference because hemp is less addicting or it has less THC. Yes, it does. It's supposed to. Um, but here's what they did. They, they passed a law that has no 
no penalty to it that if anybody violates this. So if you are selling gummies at your store, again, gummies, so what does that inherently do? It makes it sound like it's safe and it's okay for because what do you, who who loves gummies more than anybody? Kids, little kids, right. you know, your your elementary age kids, your preschoolers, you know, my own grandkids. You know, the vitamins, they changed them over to gummies because they were easier for kids instead of having to swallow them. Now they get to chew them and they taste like candy. Oh, my God. I just get – you're getting me all riled up here, Andy. <laughs> well, anyway. it was, I, I agree it was the strangest thing because when it got through the legislature, <sighs> and I remember when the bill passed, and I read what the bill said, and I went, oh, wait a minute, did they just legalize marijuana? In, in essence, they did, but again, they are, the prone folks, the people that say it's safe, is going to say that, well, it, you have to, it has to be derived from the hemp. Well, how do you do that? And this is where they really screwed up. So it's required of the manufacturer, okay? So where are they manufacturing this? Every Anywhere. Anybody, anybody's backyard. Anybody can be a manufacturer. I mean, we, we busted a guy here last year and you know i made a little noise but it was all marijuana and we're still i don't remember where it's at in the courts now but this guy has three houses in rochester one of the houses he basically has his marketing place and his production um that he was using three different places he was he didn't own three places but i forget all the backing back behind the scenes stuff on it but Anyway, this guy is getting he's his own company that he gets a lot of his materials shipped to him, including his labels from China, and gets all that sent to him. So he's in his own little dark corner of his, his house, putting these things together, putting the gummies that he's made in his own house in there and shipping it out. And all he has to prove by this law is that he used a, a company, a lab. Again, there's no list of specific labs and where how this has to be done. It just says that you have to have a a document that says that you tested these gummies by a uh, a so-called lab that says that there is no more than um, five milligrams of THC in it. So it went from 0.3, I believe it was 0.3 or 0.03 milligrams to five. That's what they approved to go to five milligrams in each dummy or each cube or however there's whatever each dose. And but then they can't be packaged for no more than five fifty in a package. Okay, so five milligrams, fifty in a package. So you buy fifty of them. You can buy however many packages you want. There's nothing in there about underage people possessing them, even though it says underage people shouldn't but there's no penalty for that or there's no penalty for selling them to underage people there's no guidance to where the testing has to take place and how often they have to have that done and then the minnesota board of pharmacy which is an arm of the state of minnesota who's supposed to regulate all this stuff they didn't even know about the law and they're not even set up to do the testing themselves and so we get we have a case where uh, one of our businesses here in Rochester that is in the CBD business and legally, so they're doing their thing that way. 
and a shipment comes to one of our shipment companies here and it's three big boxes and they're fully loaded is loaded full of substance whatever in them contents i'll call them um and as they're moving the boxes around one of them busts open and here's just it bursts out all these packages of cbd of of or not cbd but yes uh, edibles the thc edibles yeah yeah with thc edibles well they do what they're supposed to do because we have a great working relationship with these people because they know that um, it's illegal to transport these things across the country because it's still a federal law. It's against a lot of using and sell and transport marijuana federally, even though numerous states have, have said, no, we, we think it's OK because we can make money off it, which is not the truth either. Um, it takes uh, for every one dollar it takes in non tax money. It takes uh, four dollars to deal with all the side effects of mental health challenges and addiction issues. So um, obviously it's not a money-making business for, for states, even though they keep billing it that way, the tax break, tax money would be so fantastic. Um, so this company gets hold of our people and uh, it's an address that, you know, I'm not going to name the address where it's going. And they turn it over to us and our guys are going, well, we've never seen this before. And so they get all the board of pharmacy, board of pharmacy says, uh, no, we don't have anything to test that with. Um, we're not set up for that yet. And so uh, our guys started to hunt around and we're trying to figure out, but it doesn't matter. Uh, we can't charge anybody with anything, even if they are over the, the legal limit here in the state, because there's no penalty for it. So that's what happened at the state legislature. Um, that uh, it doesn't interesting. make any sense. So what's happening now across the state, and uh, you know, we've had some... A real cursory conversation here is what's happening in some other cities and states is they're recognizing this. And so like any law, a municipality or a county, if they don't feel that the state law is um, restrictive enough, they can enact restrictions for their own community. Um, So in this case, there is no restrictions. I mean, there is restrictions. It just doesn't have a penalty to it if you violate the restrictions that are listed in the bill or in the the law. So there are some communities already saying, we don't want this in our community, so you can't sell it here. You can't possess it here. And then they're putting their own, you know, misdemeanor level, most likely uh, charges on it uh, or, or uh, penalties on it. So, um, you know, I don't know. We'll see if, uh, you know, we may talk to our county public health and, and, uh, see what we do about it here to at least put some restrictions on it until at least the state comes back in session at some point and realizes what happened and, and, uh, you know, put some restrictions on it that we can actually, you know, hopefully enforce it. But then that's the other piece to it. The agricultural department of ag in Minnesota is the enforcement arm in essence on all of these, these stores, these dispensaries that are doing the CBD, not law enforcement. And we don't have the investigative responsibility in it unless we get something that is, you know, way out of line and we find it out on the street or whatever, then we do that. But the licensing and all the things that these vendors have to go through is through the department of agriculture. And they have one guy working on it. 
and so that he's supposed to i mean i'm sure there's others that are helping or supportive of it but there's really one go-to person for the whole state of minnesota to monitor these things and, and wow things. So, so it so right yeah. now it's just the wild wild west we're getting there and and uh you know, and we're dealing with all this mental health stuff and all these other challenges, fentanyl being, uh, you know, put into everything, um, you know, and yet we got people accepting packages from all over the country and they have no idea what's inside. They have no idea that a laboratory isn't some kind of a, you know, a quack lab that just issues, you know, that goes through yeah. something and, and says, yep, this is what's in there, and, and you have no idea. I mean, it's not governed by the FDA. It's not governed by anybody else, and our own Minnesota Board of, of Pharmacy wasn't prepared for this. So uh, it's it doesn't make any sense. And it sounds gotta, to me as even if the Board of Pharmacy was set up that – they would be overwhelmed with whatever they had going yeah. on anyway. So, well, you know, oh and, and where we've gotten to is there's there's a lot of prosecutors. I shouldn't say a lot, but there are prosecutors across the state and others. I mean, we're we're not dealing anymore in the sense that our deputies are really arresting people with small amounts of marijuana. For I wrote lots of tickets for small amount of marijuana back in the day. Um, we're hardly even doing that anymore because we're finding it's not ounces anymore it's pounds that we're seeing come in and and, and uh you know even our our attorneys uh, county attorneys states attorney federal attorneys uh unless it's really significant amounts and they can really show the trafficking portion of it that it's cartel related and otherwise um um we we don't have the time to wow. uh, to investigate these things and um it's just it is. It's it's really sad, and my worry is on the on the other end. Where are we going with addictions? Where are we going with our kids? Who uh, you know, we hear people in the media. You know, not, not news media, not guys like you, but you know, other media forms, music and entertainment industry like people, uh, even sports people, talking about these things and. And talking about how safe and fun it was, and all of this, and our kids are listening. And now they get a hold of something, and they think, "Oh, this is safe." And now it's got meth in it, and it's got heroin, and it's got fentanyl in it. And these kids don't know where it came from. And now we got more more uh, overdoses. Overdose. And that's the other tie into this whole thing. I should just mention is, in the first quarter of this year, we've had that we can keep a track of, and we may not have all the numbers. But in the first quarter of this year, Olmsted County only, we had 35 overdose deaths. Oh, my gosh. In all of last year, we had 48. Oh, my that God. Should, that should wake this people is, up. Well, it's, a, it's turning into – it's not turning into it, but it should turn it. It's a national crisis. And yeah, it, 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 it just uh, – I just have to shake my head and, and go, why are people not – waking up to this and why are the people that are losing their loved ones not you know knocking on the doors they should be knocking on why are they not screaming in the in in the streets in essence um saying stop this Uh, we need to do something um talking to our judges doing you know talking to our prosecutors talking to everybody saying we got to do something and then we get this law passed that you know we we can all surmise surmise how it got passed and how do you pass a law that doesn't have penalties to it or 
or consequences. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but it did. So, uh, you know, this is this is a, a risk for the whole state of Minnesota and anybody who's traveling in and out of here right now. That, um, and it it it's not just the person sitting at home who overdoses at home. It could also be like in our previous segment we're talking about um, driving. driving. These people are driving, folks, and, you know, our deputies on the road with edibles. I mean, this is not a secret, so I'm not telling, giving away something here, but it's just frustrating is, you know, in a normal situation before edibles became as popular as they have, and now they're even more popular. Um, the deputy walks up to the car. They've got some some indicators that this vehicle is not driving properly, whether it's speed or over the center line or, you know, weaving or, you know, slow, slow traffic, slow, slow speed, high speed, whatever. Um, they walk up to the car and they talk to the person. Maybe they're not, you know, obviously plastered, fallen down, intoxicated or impaired, but they're just a little, you know, as they say, buzz driving is drunk driving. You hear those commercials and yes. public safety ads all the time. Buzz driving is impaired driving. And now the deputy walks up to the vehicle and they don't smell an order of alcohol, but they got somebody who's hmm, just a little not right. And they take them out. Maybe they do uh, some of the field sobriety. And again, things are quite off, but this deputy is not a drug recognition expert and not every agency has a drug recognition expert and these these officers are trained to detect drugs in someone's system using you know what the other indicators pupils and dilation and other indicators they can they are trained to look for that the average officer may not always be picking up on well not everybody is a DRE a drug recognition expert and not every agency has them and they may not always be working on a shift, and we try to have some. We we need to get another one. We were talking about that the other day of sending another guy to school. Um, but that's the only way we can take them off the road is if we get them to a point where we have a DRE who is an expert and can testify in court that they they are impaired. Um, so it's even harder. There's no field sobriety test for marijuana. The only thing we can do is take them into custody, but we have to have all kinds of reasons to be sure we can do that. And then we have to submit them to a, a blood or a urine test and submit that to the BCA. Which can take months. Lab, which can take a long time to get done. And in the meantime, this person is, you know, going about their life. And, wow. Uh, and potentially, uh, again, putting other people at risk again because – you know, they're doing their thing out there. And and uh, that's where it impacts lives and families. And, you know, the overdoses is one thing. I haven't, you know, we're just finishing second quarter, so we'll find out, you know, how. Uh, but every day, basically, now we're, we're dealing with uh, yeah, routinely, unfortunately. We've come to a routine here in Olmsted County in Rochester, where we have people uh, overdosing and having uh, mental health breakdowns and challenges every single day, um, every shift, every time our deputies are out there, um, one of their partners or someone is is having to deal with something like that. So wow, well, Kevin, um, it's sad. Uh, we kind of a downer note to to end. Well, I know this, but we have to reality, we have to wrap it up though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, we'll follow this and perhaps talk more about this down the road as things, yeah. you know, it's fluid. As you said, the cities oh, and yeah. counties will look at it and uh, 
we'll touch base, but we are out of time. So, okay. Well, I have to wait until next month at least. So thank Always you so much. talking to you. Thanks for the time. We really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it as well. Sheriff Kevin Torgerson right. this morning on Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.